This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And a good Saturday morning to one and all. Frank Proctor here joining Charlie on this beautiful Saturday, a little on the chilly side, but hey. Nice sun coming we, out. We cannot complain. I'll the tell winter you. that wasn't. Well, yeah. Um, what the heck is going on, Charlie? Uh, well, you know, you've been reading about these Arctic highs and lows. Yeah, and yeah. Various and sundry. What, you see where Rome just got dumped with uh, about 20 inches of snow on there? Know. You know, all the cars have been ordered off the roads unless they have chains and stuff like that. My Gosh, I know. That's our winter. I guess the you know there is a fair amount of snow up in in ski country here, yeah. even in Ontario. But it's so I think it's hard for people to wrap their head around the idea of going skiing when there's no well, you know yeah. the grass is almost green. I feel green. so sorry for the the guys that operate ski hills and stuff like that. I mean, they can make snow, sure mm-hmm. enough, but it doesn't put people in the city yeah. in the mind of going up to That's ski right. country. Who would even know? think to go skiing? Yeah, yeah. Well, my friends, I'm in the company of the uh, goddess of the gardenias and the god fairy of the ferns. Uh, Charlie <laughs> Dobbin is her name, master gardener, and this is the Garden Show from AM740. I'm the sous chef, and uh, we welcome your calls at the following numbers. Uh, First of all, for Toronto, call 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else, don't worry about the cost. We pick this up, 1-866-740-4740. And at this point in time, as is usually her won't, uh, she will... uh, I was waiting for you to say that. Go through her her files of information there. Mm. Uh, What do you got for us? I've got all kinds of little doodads going on here. Let me just sort through my my pile. Uh, Okay, a couple of announcements. All right. Nice to always start with a few announcements. Today, in Brantford, is the third annual CD Saturday. Oh, yeah. Remember Love CD Saturdays. Saturdays. Yeah. So all day today from 10 o'clock until 3 p.m. at St. Jude's Anglican Church, 81 Peel Street in Brantford. Now, CD Saturdays are all about exchanging seeds. So people have collected seeds and uh, they bring in either what they've collected uh, to exchange. Now, they've exchange. been storing these seeds, right? Since and, last, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, they harvested them last winter, mm-hmm. summer or fall. And, um, yeah, stored properly. They should be perfectly viable. So it, it's, it can be a seed exchange or it can be a purchase where if you don't have something to exchange, you exchange cash for the seeds you want. But often this is how we keep um, some really great plants going. You mm-hmm. know, you've seen the, you know, whatever, beautiful cosmos or amazing poppies in somebody's yard and they've saved some seeds and now you too can grow what you've admired from somebody else's yard. So uh, do check out the CD Saturday in Brantford if you can. Not only a seed exchange, there it's set up with vendors, um, some seed catalogs, there's a speaker, and the ladies of the church are selling baked goods. Excellent. That's where Frank starts to beam oh, the baked goods. Oh, i got to tell you, stopped in at the 13th Street Winery in... Uh, oh, yeah, I've been there. Uh, yeah, in yeah. Niagara on the Lake. They've got a little bakery in uh-huh. there. 
their butter tarts. Oh, I love a good butter for. tart. Mm. Where they like the kind where you take a bite and all the juice yeah, dribbles yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to have a, a kind of a yeah, a, exactly a, a Kleenex or whatever Something under your chin because it all dribbles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that's my favorite kind of butter tart. Yeah, it's yeah. like all the honey oh, and stuff comes pouring Lordy, out. So that's pretty good. Of course, admission is free, mm. uh, but there is a request for non-perishable food items to come in uh, to be. Um, put into the church program, mm-hmm. the family outreach program at the church. So that's Branford. Meanwhile, the Burlington Horticultural Society is hosting a general meeting this Wednesday, February the, whatever that says, 8th, 7.30 p.m. As usual, they'll be meeting at the Burlington Senior Center, 2285 New Street, which is at Seneca Avenue in Burlington. Now, this is going to be an exciting evening. The speaker is Wolfgang Bonham. I like right. that name, Wolfgang Bonham. Well, yeah, exactly. And what's even better is he owns um, a landscape design and construction mm-hmm. company. I know him because he built a garden at Canada Blooms last year. His company is called Peace, Love, and Landscaping. Ah, okay. that's nice. Bit yeah. of an unusual name. And to, to even take it the next step further, his uh, company is located on Penny Lane. Oh. <laughs> Well, <laughs> in Burlington. Uh, a penny for your thoughts. Exactly. So his topic, which he is speaking on Wednesday in Burlington, is the tropical gardens of Thailand. Uh, he's going to bring a bunch of pictures that he's taken on his last trip to Thailand. So everyone is welcome. For more information, go to burlingtonhs.com. Uh, next Sunday, the Rock Garden and Woodland Plants Not Society. Not tomorrow, but the next following Sunday. Sunday the 12th. The Rock Garden and Woodland Plant Society is hosting their meeting. It's at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, 1.30 in the afternoon. The speaker is Tony Resnicek, and he is speaking about Under the Lights of Modern Evolutionary Biology. Wow. So, yeah, that sounds like a pretty heavy topic. Admission is free. All are welcome. And, again, seeds will be for sale. So lots going on. And one thing for everybody to get ready for, and we'll talk more about it as we get closer. Remember the great backyard bird count? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. All right. It's coming yeah. up. Coming up. Get your pens and pencils and binoculars ready because starting on Friday, February the 17th for four days all over North America, it's the great backyard bird count. Just a couple quick stats from last year. Uh, total checklists submitted. So people okay, fill out checklists. Yeah. Last year, 92,218 checklists. Wow. Total species observed, 594. Total individual birds counted, 11,471,949 birds. Gad Free Daniels. <laughs> Sounds like my budget. I'm telling you. Uh, and speaking of CD, mm. let's say hi to our producer, David Gaston. Aww. He's <laughs> I, not I say CD. that in jest. Of course. He is, he is one of the most erudite. Uh, people that I know, hmm. uh, and 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 uh, he owes not me to mention good looking. That's right. Yes, he owes me ten bucks for those. <laughs> okay, so give a call, folks. And the mantra is: call early, call often. One question per call. I see that David's been busy lining up the callers. We'll get to you very shortly, right here on the Garden Show from AM seven forty. There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM seven forty Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. Well, we got our running shoes on. Boy, we're going to take a little trot up to Gravenhurst and say hi to Sandy. Uh, just, Sandy, as you join the show, what, uh, any snow up there? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, you got I it. I believe huh? it, yeah. Yeah, but not, not bad. Okay. Not it's the normal. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> well, here's Charlie. What's your question? Hi, Charlie. Morning. Uh, I have a uh, Hawaiian white ginger plant, mm-hmm. and I picked the root up in Hawaii in November. And it was a really healthy one, and it's 
it's in a pot. It's growing. It's about nine inches tall. But I've just got it in an old clay pot, and I'd like to know what kind of a pot should I put it in, like, you know, that it'll last for a little while? Mm-hmm. like and grow? How do they grow? Well, it's actually, this is a good question. I've never grown it before. I'm going to have to find out some more about this. So it's just called Hawaiian ginger? Hawaiian white ginger. White ginger. And is the intention that it's an edible plant or is it strictly a... Uh, no. No. Well, I hope not. I <laughs> I bought it for, for the flower and the, and the... Right, exactly. Well, I mean, when we think of our ginger that grows naturally in, in the woodland forests, of course, it's a shade-loving Low to the ground kind of plant with very pretty leaves. Yeah. Um, so let me leave that with me. I'll see what what I can find out. Uh, off the top of my head, I think a clay pot was a good choice because that way you have very little chance of overwatering. Clay pot, pots are the best when it comes to good, you know, providing and it very out. yeah good drainage, yeah. Um, which will be important. And uh, and when you bought it, it was like a little dormant tuber, was it? Oh yeah, it was. But it was, I've never seen one so healthy looking. Oh neat! Wow, it Good. was moist in there. Huh? Yeah, it really grew. Um, and you don't know whether it, um, like, it's like a tuber down there. Does uh, it shoot up other? Like, other a, like I said, leave that with me. Typically, ginger does have a very large, a large swollen root, mm-hmm. so that, um, and that's why that clay pot is important because again, you want to avoid any overwatering. Uh, and will help ensure that you don't. Always a good idea. Think about when you do water, it's room temperature water that is sat out for at least 24 hours mm-hmm. and that you water from the saucer below rather than in the top of the pot. Oh, okay. Always a good idea with any with any kind of plants with, um, you know, that kind of a... a whether it's a tuber or a um, you know bulb or corm, any of those things, it can be very it can be very easy for them to rot if water sits around the right. root for too long. So from the bottom is always the best. But okay. but otherwise, yeah, leave that with me. I'll see if I can give you anything further this show, and if not, we'll start off next week's show with a uh, some tips on on how to grow that plant. Oh. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for calling, Sandy. Thank you, Sandy. 9.17 our time here at AM 740, The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, as we say hi to Marnie in Waterloo. Hi, Marnie. Hi there. How are you? Good. Morning. Good. Love listening to your show. Thank you. Uh, I have an amaryllis that's finished blooming. What do I do with the bulb? Well, do you want to try and keep it for, get it to rebloom next year? Oh, yes. It was a beauty. Oh, nice. Well... What you do then is, for now, you treat it as a regular house plant. You remove the flower stems. Okay, I've done that. Yeah. Because you don't want the plant to set seed. Now so it just has some new leaves coming up, yeah. but no more flower stems. Yeah, and that's as it should be, because those leaves are going to grow. Uh, uh-huh. You know, it's done flowering. It used the energy that it had in the already preformed flower buds did their thing. Now it's all about leaves growing and photosynthesis taking place so that the bulb will get fattened back up for okay. blooming a year or so from now. Oh, okay. So Do you I have, have to keep it dark or No, keep it in the light, keep it on a window in a bright sunny spot yeah. in your house, water only as required, you know, okay. do water as necessary but don't let it sit in water yeah. because again it's got that big root that you know the big um, bulb we don't want to rot okay and it will have to grow leaves for a number of months oh, now okay. sometimes what people like to do is take them outside in the spring and let the plant stay outside all summer oh really okay and again it's just going to grow more leaves and it's just going to be mm-hmm. a big fat you know green yeah. plant with these long strap like leaves right, right. now yeah. in order to get it to flower you will need to impose dormancy on it okay. by in the fall, putting it into the dark and stop watering. Oh, okay. Uh, and after it's... How long? Uh, 10 weeks. 
Oh, okay. And by that time, of course, the leaves have all shriveled up. Then yeah. you take it out of the dark and you give it some water once and it will start to grow again and it should shoot a flower at that, you know, shortly thereafter. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes people don't force the dormancy. They just keep it as a houseplant and the amaryllis will continue to bloom on and off for years and years and you just keep it as a green plant in between. It does get bigger and bigger and bigger, though, so you got to have room for it. Yeah, okay. All righty. Okay. Well, Good. thank you very much. Oh, thank you're you, very welcome. Okay. Hey, it is coming around to 20 after 9 here on a beautiful Saturday morning, nice and sunny. Mm-hmm. Uh, get out there and, well, <laughs> don't do any digging in the garden. No, no not yet. Certainly but... questions on gardening we welcome. And, and now would be a good time to call. Got a couple of lines open right at this moment, 416-360-0740. And then, of course, anywhere in Ontario, toll-free, one 866 740-4740. And we're going to be speaking next uh, when we come back at, after a few words to Brian in Hamilton. So hang tight there, Brian. Meantime, I'm not hanging tight. I'm hanging loose. <laughs> I'm loosening up. Uh, oh, and why would I Why would I say that, Charlie? I would think you would say hmm? that because you've been taking your daily dose <laughs> yes. of Sierra Sil. There you go. And Sierra Sil has helped to you know, effectively support joint health for you and calm any inflammation in those sore spots. So the main thing is, is that you and I are both staying active and pain-free by taking our daily three little pills of Sierra Sil. It doesn't work for absolutely everybody, but if it's going to work for you, you will know it's working for you within 14 days. It's uh, if, totally natural. It's a mineral, it's a supplement, uh, and for anybody... A lot of spots you can pick it up, too. That's right. So if you prefer to purchase it at your local health food store, the Big Carrot on Danforth Avenue in Toronto carries it. The Goodness Me Natural Food Markets in Burlington, Hamilton, and Waterdown all carry Sierra Sill, or you can order it over the web at sierrasill.ca, or give the people a call, 1-877-JOINT-14. Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. At 923, Frank Proctor bidding you welcome to the Garden Show with our master gardener, Charlie Dobbin, all set to bidding. Have we not? There there we we are. Uh, I must have leaned on my mic button. (laughs) (laughs) That's known as a cough switch in the the biz. Thanks, Charlie. But meanwhile, Mm -hmm. Brian is patiently waiting on the line there in Hamilton. Hi, Brian. How are you doing this morning? Not too bad, thank you. Uh, I love the show. Thank you. Don't miss it. <laughs> Great. Great. What's going uh, on in your place? I have, I have a, uh, I guess it's like a palm type tree, mm-hmm. uh, fairly tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have one that's started out with two, and I wanted to know how I can take the one off to repot and hopefully grow another one. Hmm. Okay, so I'm completely confused, though, as to what the plant might be. Is it really a palm, do you think? Like, a, you know how palms grow? Well, of course, we see them in the tropics, but typically they have long fronds with individual little leaflets. Um, and certainly Eureka palm is a common home, house plant, but there's other, you know, bamboo palm, all kinds of palms that people will grow in their homes. Typically, everything comes from the bottom, though, from the base. Yes, everything comes from the base, and, and it's, it's like a... It's, and each, each long leaf, mm-hmm. like cause the leaves are about 18 inches long, right. I guess, pointed on the ends, and, and only maybe an inch and a quarter or so wide, mm-hmm. um, nice and smooth. And they're about every, I don't know, half inch up the stalk, and as they die, you just 
pull them down and they peel right off. And they leave the little ridges up the up the, uh, the, the trunk. The main stem. Yeah. It almost sounds. I could be wrong here, but it almost sounds like a dracaena. Like you've got um, it's a, like a heavy trunk. Um, and well, then li- all I've these. I've got one here that's about three feet high. Yeah. And the trunk at the bottom is only maybe inch and a half or so in diameter. And the three foot high, and then little green sprouts come off of that that yeah. trunk. The nice long long leaves. Nice long leaves. Hmm. Hmm. Do you know, is there any possibility of you taking a shot of this and sending it to uh, Charlie via email? Um, may, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get my, I'm not a computer whiz. But I'm with you. One of my kids to. Uh, oh, they'll know all about it. Yeah. 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 They'll even if send a picture. Yeah, you or one of your kids has a cell phone. There's usually a camera, and it's. Yeah. Um, yes, they do. Yeah, oh, they've I, got all the gadgets. No, of course. They wouldn't be kids if they didn't have the gadgets. Yeah, that's right. My, my email's really easy. You know what? I'm just thinking it might be better rather than me rambling on, not even pause of what you've got. Because uh, some plants, because your real question is how to propagate this plant, it sounds like, or how to get more of it. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to see a picture of the plant, and then I'd be in a better position to advise. So the some email, the, if, if you want mm-hmm. to take this down, uh, Brian, it's uh, C. Dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at am740.ca. And, uh, yeah, send me a, a picture on that if you can, a photo, and then I can address your question, and we'd be happy to do so next week. All righty. All right. Something for the kids to do. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, I'll just... even send another picture because I have a plant I've never seen before. Oh, neat. oh good. And... Uh, you'd look looking for an ID on that. Uh, yeah. All right, Perfect. Happy to see it. Tiny, funny little flowers, but... Nice. Okay. Well, Charlie will do what you can. Tiny little flowers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for calling, Brian. I wish I could help you right away, but I'm happy to help you in the future. Okay. All right. Thanks for joining the show. Take care. Have a good day. Thank you. Hey, and you are listening to AM740, Zoomer Radio, the garden show with Charlie Dobbin as we go to Bart here. I I think it says Bert. Bert. I'm sorry, Bert in Oshawa. Hi, Bert. Yeah, good morning, folks. Morning. Um, I have a hibiscus hybrid. Mm -hmm. And the last uh, time I cut it down, Mm -hmm. and I have beautiful new shoots coming and flowers all everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. Now the plant is getting a little unruly. <laughs> Where do I cut again after I did the first cutting? Okay, so this is a tropical hibiscus, so it's inside your house. Yes, a hybrid. And um, so you say unruly as in getting too big or just long and lanky? It's, it's, it's quite large now <laughs> because after I cut it down, you know, I, yeah. I trimmed it. Yeah. And I got all these new shoots. That's right. <laughs> have to move out of the house. Where so. do I trim again if I wanted to get the plant into a little bit more shape? Right. So, and, and this is a really good question because you're absolutely right. When we do cut things down for every one cut that we make, and hibiscus is a good example of this, yeah. wherever there's, <clears throat> excuse me, along the stem, there are different spots where leaves are coming out. And when we cut the stem back, at every point where there's a leaf coming out along the stem that we've left behind, a sprout will often emerge because there's a little dormant bud at each of those leaf nodes. So we take off the end of one stem and all of a sudden four or five new shoots shoot off of what's left on the stem. And, of course, if you left five or ten stems times five or six new stems, suddenly it's a, it's a pretty big bushy plant. So right away, nice sharp pruners. 
and you got to sort of study the plant. But what you're looking to remove right away is any of the the new growth that has started to grow towards the inside of the plant. So little shoots that have grown off of the, the stems that you cut back, and they're growing into the center, and they're making it so dense that in the center of the plant, there's all this just a mishmash of little branches and twiggy things all crisscrossing over each other. All of that, or virtually all of that, can be trimmed right out. And the reason you're going to do that, it's going to allow sun to get into the center. It's going to allow for better air circulation. And the plants will be happier and healthier. More energy going to the uh, remaining. Exactly. And what you want to encourage is the growth that's growing to the outside. So all the way around, you know, the 360 degrees of the pot. You want to have nice branches growing out in a nice balanced way. So we take off the, the inner growth, the stuff that's growing to the inside. We also take off any of the little side shoots that are growing in the right direction, but are crisscrossing crossing with each other. So, and that will happen quite often with hibiscus. They, they start running into each other and all of a sudden you've got just, uh, again, uh, too much going on, too many stems. And the interaction and the interference that they have with each other ends up damaging. So you only end up with one healthy stem. Anyway, pick the, right, pick the one you want and remove the, the other one. So right away now you've taken out probably 30% of the growth by taking out a lot of that inner growth, a lot of those crisscrossing branches. Now you're looking at the plant with it's lighter and better looking. What's left for you to decide is whether the whole thing needs to be made a little smaller. So that's where you kind of have to stand back, look at the structure of the plant and say, okay, you know, it's going to grow this spring and this summer. You know, it's going to grow two and a half feet probably. So it might be appropriate even to make the whole plant just a little bit smaller by bringing it in, you know, from the the outer dimension where it is now, Uh, whether that's a couple inches or whatever it is that you might want to bring it back just to make it a little more manageable size. That's what I would do with a hibiscus now, uh, anytime this month or by next month at the latest. Okay, doke. Okay. Very yeah, good. Thank you very much. Okay, Bert, You're very thanks welcome. For, thanks, thanks for, for joining call. the show. Okay. Yeah, you bet. Right. You know, uh, you've often said that the thing about gardeners is they love to share, and I think this next caller yeah. is in that mode, if you will. Uh, Christine from Cambridge is on the line with mm-hmm. a comment um, that we had uh, from uh, an earlier caller about mm-hmm. Hawaiian ginger. So let's Excellent. see what's going on there. Uh, hi, uh, and welcome to the show, Christina. Good morning. Good morning. Have you had experience with Hawaiian ginger? Uh, no, not with any plants coming into the country from any other place. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's what I'm wondering. I mean, they're so uh, uh, careful about mm-hmm. what you can take with you and, you know, anywhere out of Canada. Right. And I wondered about them being able to bring plants back from another place. Well, you're, you're right. Um, there, you know what's the big issue? It's not even always the plants per se, it's the soil. Soil is not allowed to cross borders because of um, living organisms in the soil. So when plants cross borders, it's usually as a dormant uh, or bare root piece of material. So I'm assuming, I could be wrong, but I'm assuming that our earlier caller, uh, Sandy, from who was calling us from Gravenhurst, that she when she came into Canada from Hawaii with that plant, it was, I'm assuming, uh, a dormant root at wow. that time. And she brought it in and, and potted it. That was what she was saying, that she put it into a clay pot. Um, and I'm just sort of looking. I found a, a website here. I've never grown this plant, but mm-hmm. uh, it does look very pretty. And the the other thing is that there are, um, I mean, Hawaii is part of the United States. There are 
certificates you must get if plants are crossing borders and there is soil as part of that. Oh, and um, when you're flying from Hawaii, it's not sort of like flying from Guatemala. There's a lot more stringent controls at airports, et cetera. So I'm sure that, that Sandy, I didn't ask her, but I'm sure that Sandy was f- fully you know, following the law on that yeah. particular case. Well, the reason I asked is like we travel by bus to, to Florida mm-hmm. you know, once a year. But you're not even allowed to take an orange with you or, or an apple or... Out of Florida. You or mean. out of Canada into Florida. Yeah. Wow, or really? Either way. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're not supposed to have anything like that. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong about it, but I just wondered if the yeah. rules had changed or if it was okay to do that. No, it, there's, it's called a phyto certificate. It's when a plant has actually been inspected to ensure that it is completely virus and bacterial-free and insect-free. Oh, I see. So sometimes, you know, when you are in situations, particularly tourist locations, where they will sell you something that you can take with you because it does come with that certification on it. Oh, I see. Uh, and so, I'm, again... That'd I'm, be a good I'm, thing to look for and, and good to know about. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because... It's very, no, those rules are in place for a very good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a lot to do with the importance of the agriculture industry in places like Florida. You know, we bring something down into Florida that they've never seen before and they have no ability, no control for. Uh, and the tropical, the citrus fruit industry, you know, just can't can't have the unknowns arriving. So they certainly don't want us rolling in there with lemons or limes or oranges for fear of what we might bring in to their to their world. Oh, so, well, it just made me curious. Yeah. I thought I'd call and Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Good question. Thank you very thanks much. For, thanks for bringing that up. It was a really good point. Okay. The Garden Show on the air with all yeah. sorts of interest. Now it's a darn good question, though. See, we all kind of learn something. I, well, of course. We do love to learn. So here, you know what? I, let me just... This is um, a Hawaiian website. It's called mm. Grow Hawaii, assuming that Sandy's still listening. Uh, it is talking about what a beautiful plant this is. Mm. Uh, it's, it's very orchid-like, beautiful white flowers, uh, sweetly scented, um, I guess they make um, lays out of this. This is probably something that if anybody's ever been to Hawaii and worn those flower, beautiful uh, See, they do, flowers. They have a mailing situation there, too. Yes, exactly. So this is shipping information if you wanted yeah. to buy this plant. Growing instructions. Bury the root deep enough to cover in potting soil mix from the garden shop. So meaning from a good potting soil. Keep moist after the root has sprouted. Continue to keep moist and in partial shade. So, Sandy, I hope you're listening. An east window will do just fine. If you put this outdoors in the summer, make sure it's somewhere that's shaded from the direct sun because all gingers do prefer a sunny or sorry, a shady spot. Keep the temperature six, between 65 and 85 degrees Fahrenheit. Fertilize with time-release fertilizer uh, or any good garden fertilizer according to instructions. When the leaves turn yellow, don't panic. This is normal. Just cut the stems and new shoots will take its place. This particular plant goes dormant in the winter and comes back in the spring. Sounds like a pretty neat plant. It does. It looks it's beautiful, beautiful. too. Yeah. So just go online to Hawaiian Grow, uh, Grow Hawaii. Yeah, it says growhawaii.com for anybody who wants yeah. to see a nice looking plant and obviously something you could, as it appears, have shipped here to Canada and play around with. Yeah, great stuff. Okay. Right. Another little helpful tip <laughs> from just, the tipster of all time. Just, we're everywhere, mm-hmm. you know. And we're on to another call here. Mm-hmm. My gosh, uh, Gina. It's tropical day. Yeah, it is indeed. <laughs> well, this weather's kind of uh, I guess. Thing spurring everybody on. Yep. Gina in Mississauga uh, waiting on the line here mm-hmm. to talk about an avocado plant. Hello, Gina. Good morning to you both. Enjoy your show. Although I'm in a condo, I really enjoy your show. Oh, you the can question grow was stuff. last yeah. week, uh, you had someone with an 
avocado plant, yes. how to grow it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that uh, right after your show. I washed a stone and I put it in water. What are the procedures to follow that now? Okay, so you put it in water. Now, you, you don't put the whole pit right into the water. You suspend oh, it. Right. So you've got the flat sides just kissing the water. The uh, little pointy part is above the water. And usually we use toothpicks and we stick three or four toothpicks into the side of the pit and hang it on in, uh, inside a glass or a cup or something. Okay. So you put the whole pit into the water. Yes, I did. Uh-oh. So Looks like you're going to have to buy another. Not necessarily. No? It's only been a week, so oh, we well. might be able to rescue oh, this situation. Well, I have another one. I could do that. So the pit is to stand up. The head, the top, eh? Yeah, so you, if you look at the pit, you'll see it's got a, a bit of a pointier end and more of a flat bottom end. Right. So right. the flat bottom end is where the roots will come out, yes. and that little pointier end will eventually split apart, and a shoot will come shooting right through that, uh, From that. center. And uh, how long will it take? How many shoots should I have before I, I put into a potting saw? How many roots, you mean? Yeah. Because you'll only get one shoot, typically. Um, okay. Well, yeah, you're right, because the caller who called last week, that's what she had done. She had gone from the water into the soil and was worried because not much was going on. Right. But that's partially because of the winter. Not, oh. Nothing goes on in the winter anyway. Okay. Um, and uh, it, I, I, how big does it grow? Like, oh, uh, gosh. It'll be a, it'll be a tree eventually. <laughs> oh, <but laughs> if you've got a nice window plant for a while, yeah. If you've got room and patience for it, though, the it'd be interesting if anybody listening can call and tell us that they have kept an avocado for years and years and really love it. What oh. I have found in my experience of growing avocado is it's very fun because it's neat, yeah. But it's not a really pretty plant. Oh, I it see. It tends okay. to be quite gangly. It's got big leaves and and sort of. It's, yeah, for lack of a better term, it's oh. a little on the gangly side. But, oh, well, you know, it is I, fun. I, I don't think I'll forward to that because uh, with the window I have is a window in the condo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll try to get something else from your show. All right. Well, that, that is, but that's a really fun one just because it's so easy to, to work with. Now, they yeah. don't grow quickly. That, you know, you suspend it over a glass of water. It could take a month or two before okay. anything happens. Okay. So. Well, thank you so much. And, okay. I, and I have a good afternoon to thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank, thank you very you much, show. Yeah. Bye-bye. And the phone number's here for Charlie Dobbins Garden Show, 416-360-0740, and our toll-free line, 1-866-740-4740. I like the way you're calling that Charlie Dobbins Garden Show. Well, I, I you know, enough <laughs> enough kicking in the shins finally got me to, you know, the correct procedure. Frank and I were having a little a little tiff before the show yes. started. He kept saying, I think Frank and Charlie's show sounds better. Yeah. And well, I kept it, saying, it's just, no, no. it flows better. No, no, I kept saying, no, Charlie and Frank's show flows. Uh, so uh, we were having one of those flow <laughs> arguments. Which flows better, Frank and Charlie or Charlie and Frank? I'm a big believer in Charlie and Frank, anyway. So a quick uh, email just before we go to our break, yes. if you don't mind me taking a little oh, control heavens, for no, a minute. No. Is that go right? Ahead, good, go good, ahead. thanks. Yeah. Uh, email from <laughs> Rose Cohen. Hi, Rose. She's giving us a call. Uh, email from Thornhill. And her question, it's a good one, is... Um, Hookara, which is an outdoor perennial commonly called coral bells. Uh, she clearly has some in her garden, and she's noticing that her hookara have not died down this year. Um, they're not in an especially protected area, and um, she's wondering if this is normal, that it's all still green, that mm. the hookara is still green. So it is a good question. Uh, well, yeah, this is the winter that wasn't. So there's normally our hookara covered in snow. Hookara or coral bells are very sh- short little plants. Like they're, mm-hmm. you know, six inches tall. 
normally we have snow on top of them. We don't see them. We're seeing everything this year because there is no snow. And honestly, hookara are what are called a semi-evergreen. So in a mild winter, they will often keep all their leaves. When they're covered in snow, they will keep all their leaves. It's only if it's bitterly cold and there is no snow that the leaves will all turn brown and shrivel up. So our job in the spring will be very simple. We'll just go out there on our hands and knees and um, with each of the hookah or coral bell plants, uh, we'll get down. Now the older leaves, the ones that are right at the, sort of touching the ground, mm-hmm. they will turn brown and shrivel up as winter ends and spring arrives. The center rosette of the plant will probably, in most cases, if not all cases, still be nice and fresh and green and new growth will start be starting to emerge from the center. So in the spring, our coral bells are going to be very simple to, to work with. It's just a cleanup of the older, more mature leaves and it's they're going to look good right, you know, right from the get-go. There's no empty spaces in our garden where the coral bells are located. Okay. Hmm. Well, thank you very much for that email. We appreciate it. And uh, once again, Charlie's email, if you'd like to reach her, it's C. Dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at am740.ca. I see we're at 941. That means we have to take a little break here. <coughs> Pardon me. We will be back, <laughs> I hope, uh, to talk to Joyce. I'll be back. Don't yes, worry. <laughs> in St. Catharines after these words. <laughs> you supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And her good buddy, Frank Proctor here, the <laughs> sous chef of the garden, along with David Gaskin, our producer, welcoming you to the show. And who am I welcoming here? You're looking at Oh, I'm at so stunts. sorry. Uh, we're going to talk to Joyce. She's calling us ah. from St. Catharines. Oh, well, there you are. Just around the corner from me, most likely. Hello, Joyce. Hello. Morning. Good morning. I am just wondering what preparation I can put on my lawn that will... Um, eradicate the skunks that are making little holes and getting white grubs, I guess. Well, you know what? That's a great question. Uh, Best thing you can do is eradicate the grubs, and then the skunks won't dig up your lawn. Yeah. Right? Right. So don't even try to eradicate the skunks. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, how how can I keep them from digging up my lawn? Well, so you you have, yeah. So did you have a problem last spring and summer? Well, I know still uh, there's a little, um, they're still getting little grubs now, even. Really? Wow. Yeah. So you've had, and for sure it's skunks, you've seen them out there digging around? Uh, yeah, they, uh, well, um, just the nature of the little hole, you know, and uh, it seems to me it's it's the skunks. Uh, it could be starlings, because remember, uh, birds will also uh, enjoy doing a nice aeration, actually, on your lawn while removing the grubs for you. Uh-huh. Uh, raccoons tend to make a big, pretty big mess when uh-huh. they go for the grubs. They don't just do nice little neat holes. They, they <laughs> no, tend to... I them on a mole. Would, do moles or... Moles will eat um, grubs as yeah. well, but they do more from under the ground rather yeah. than from you know top down. Mm-hmm. Um, the real trick... Now, so, okay, because this, like we've said, is the winter that never really happened... The grubs normally at this time of year should be way down deep, well below the frost line, and yeah. our ground should be frozen. Even in St. Catharines, you should have at least eight or ten inches of frost in the top, ten, you know, uh-huh. top surface of the ground, and the grubs should be sleeping quite 
comfortably below that level in the soil. Mm-hmm. The skunks should also should be completely oblivious, as should the birds, of any insects in the lawns because the lawns should be frozen. They're not, though. Nothing's no. frozen. The grubs, of course, are pretty, uh, you know, they recognize things aren't very frozen, so they haven't had any need to go very deep. Yeah. And uh, we, I'm afraid we are going to see the survival of a lot of pests this winter, mm-hmm. and we will see the huge impact of that, particularly in the spring. As well, though, we will see a huge survival of many of the beneficial insects that might have died. You know, whether it's the praying mantids or the ladybugs, they will survive as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Your challenge is to try and control grubs now, which is very, very difficult to do. I I smell nematodes coming up here. Exactly. The only Mm. really effective way to control grubs is when the grubs are tiny, which Mm -hmm. is in late July, early August. Mm-hmm. Frank can answer this question. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. And you spray them on the lawn with the water hose, and you, the whole mixture uh, is well explained. But they're stored in the refrigerator in uh, your finest garden centers, and you purchase them and then get them home as fast as you can. Nematode eggs. Ne- that's right, nematode eggs. But at this point, the grubs are big, too big, uh, meaning that they're not those little tiny soft-bodied mm-hmm. things. They've actually got pretty tough outer skin on them right now yeah, yeah. and the nem- nematodes don't really work in the in the spring the way they do in the in, late in summer july, august. yeah july august oh. so really honestly the what you're gonna have to do is just wait you're gonna have to uh-huh. wait until the um the grubs have moved on because remember the grubs don't stay grubs forever they do move on to become beetles mm-hmm. and the beetles fly up into the sky have fun party in the trees drop down lay eggs and die yeah. So you're going to have to wait for that process and don't put a lot of energy into your lawn until that has happened. Once that's happened, then you can fix your lawn if it's a real mess with uh, with the various animals having a, a field day, so to speak, in mm-hmm. your lawn. But do put, you know, nematode purchasing and application on your calendar now for August. And how do you spell that? N as in Norway, mm-hmm. E, M as in mother, Nem. Nem, a, a, t, o, d as in Dobbin, e, nematode. E, okay. Okay, and you'll be able to buy that at any good garden center in the St. Catharines area. They'll have it for sure, and follow the instructions, and the staff can certainly explain it to you as well. Well, great. Okay. Thank okay. you very much. You're very Thank, welcome. I'm so delighted Thanks you called call. because it, uh, it's the only one subject that I feel at all, after how many years have we been doing the show, a couple of years, the, the nematodes are the only thing. But I thought I you were going to get real comfortable with that skunk question. Because of the idea you mentioned that you were you once thought some poor little a baby neighbor. skunks needed rescuing, <laughs> oh, and you yeah. were being skunk daddy. Yeah, when we we had our house in in St. Catharines, we went out one one morning, and here uh, about five little wee tiny, you know, maybe three inches long. Oh, these, really tiny? These little newborns. tiny newborns, these little little tails on little skunks, <laughs> and I thought, oh gosh, they're gonna die out here, you know. So I. Put them in a box, my neighbor and I, Ev, and we put them in my garage. Well, a neighbor got really upset. Well, they're keeping skunks. And, oh, geez. So he called the natural resources, whatever. Or wildlife control. And the yeah. lady who answered the phone was ticked off. She said, well, what are you doing 
interfering. Yeah. yeah. She, put them back out there. The mother will come and get them. And I said, oh, oh okay. And I did. And <laughs> sure mom come, come got them. Yeah. Took yeah. them away and didn't bother spraying you along no, the way or no, leaving no, you a no. thank you present of any kind? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Had that happened. Well, not me, but one of my dogs. Dogs. Well, no kidding. That's a whole yeah. other story. Um, we better take a little bit of a break here, okay? We have some uh, exercising to it's do. It's our exercise break. It is. Wait a absolutely. minute. I've got my cape on. Yes. <laughs> it's... Mighty Frank to the rescue. Sierra Sil Man. <laughs> yes. We could do that, eh? We could be superheroes. Well, there you are. Hey, yeah. I'm going I'm to suggest that to the Sierra Sil people. Okay. We could do commercials and everything. Uh, <laughs> hey, we do that now. Speak of the devil. Yeah. Sierra Sil is <laughs> a oh. mineral supplement that both Frank and I take. I want you, to, David, to check her coffee. There's something <laughs> she's putting in her coffee. <laughs> Sierra Sil is, is used by boomers who want freedom to maintain their favorite activities with reduced aches and stiffness. And that's us. Yeah. That's we're, right. we're Zoomers Plus. <laughs> Zoomers Plus. And we have reduced aches and stiffness because we take Sierrasil on a regular basis. And even though I'm sitting at my computer for hours at a time, when I get up, my knees don't absolutely creak like crazy because I take Sierrasil. So we recommend that if you have stiffness in any of your joints, give it a try. doesn't work for everybody, but if it's going to work, you're going to know it within 14 days. Well, and Charlie it, it, I'm here, is here to, to attest to that because before, have you ever heard the sound of a, a screen door at a cottage <laughs> creaking? That's how it sounds when Charlie used to stand up, but not, not now. Not no, now. No, not now. I'm, I'm all <laughs> limber. <laughs> now, you can get Sierrasil at many of your local yes. health food stores. For example, the Whole Foods markets, all of them carry Sierrasil. Uh, the Peanut Mill. On Welland Avenue in St. Catharines, yeah. carry Sierra Sill, or check them out on the web, sierrasill.ca, or give them a call, one eight seven seven joint 14 There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. And here we are on this beautiful Saturday morning. Charlie and I were just watching a video on skunks. <laughs> the, cute as, yeah, cute as I'll get up. Sweet. Okay, Betty in Toronto is waiting to talk to you here about her flower bed. I believe. Mm. Yeah. Hi, Betty. Morning. Good morning. How are you? Great. Great. I just wanted to tell you that I have a bulb all covering my front flower bed which faces south, mm. and I have a ring of chrysanthemums growing that are tucked underneath this a silver dogwood tree. Sorry, a ring of what? Chrysanthemums. Oh yeah, yeah. Good idea. Yes, and they're beautiful. Well, they're up now, you mean? No, no. No, I... no but Betty's obviously looking they're not forward. In bloom, but yeah. they just, excuse me, they're not in bloom, but they're a sign of spring. Yes, oh, exactly. Oh, I have the same thing. The front yeah. of my house faces south, and I have lots of bulbs that come up. And they yeah. come early because, obviously, it's nice and warm, and usually thaws first at the front because of that sun. Right. So, yeah, I don't think we're too far away from uh, some of that uh, poking through the ground. No, eh? I'm going to watch them every day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good for you. <laughs> thanks so that's, a lot, and thanks for the show. Certainly, and thank you for calling. Bye-bye. Something Bye to now. look forward to, yeah, right? Exactly. Spring. It's only February 4th, and yet it feels like March, you know? The well, weather and the, Whoa, the sun ever. is warm when it's been, you know, out, which it is today. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, well, not out, but I presume indoors there in Waterloo. Karen calling <laughs> in. Good morning, Karen. Thank you so much for taking my call. Uh, morning. Uh, hello, Charlie. Hey, Karen, yeah. what's going on at your place? Okay, um, in my backyard, we planted um, a, a rose bush 
a few years ago, mm-hmm. and it has seemed to just taken over the entire area. I can't remember the variety of rose, but it's not a classic rose. It's one of those um, tiny flowers. Um, oh, so should it have been like a floribunda, perhaps, or a miniature rose, or was yeah, it a shrub? A, oh, boy. It's not a miniature rose. No. Um, it's a bush, mm-hmm. and it, um, oh, I can't. Yeah, and you didn't sort of save the tag. Well, <clears throat> was it a was it a rose that had was what they call grafted or budded, so that it had a real swollen knob, uh, right where the stem and the root come together? No. 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 So when you planted it, uh, there was no sort of indication, no instructions saying, uh, you know, cover this whole rose in the winter to keep it to protect no. it. No. No. It, it, well, the property was new, and we got it as part of the package. You know, uh, given by the developer. Yes. So it and could have been. So there's a lot of different kinds of roses out there, as you know. Uh, one one whole group of roses are called shrub roses. And shrub roses tend to grow on their own roots, so they're yes. very easy care, low maintenance. We treat them exactly. just as a as a shrub, basically. It sounds like that. Yeah, it's not like a hybrid tea or a, no, no. a, a, tea, a rose that takes a, a lot of sort of can take yeah. some fiddling. No. So shrub roses, depending on the variety, some of them get very very large. Mm-hmm. We're talking six feet tall, six feet wide, if never trimmed. Now, if this it, it, just it just spreads. Yeah, sounds like th- this sounds like something that you may have. Now, what I would do to control this plant, because it is a good idea, you don't want it taking over your entire yard, uh, and yet a rose, a shrub rose is a lovely thing to have. The way we trim them is early in the spring, before any leaves come out on the plant, mm-hmm. you put on your suit of leather and your leather gauntlets and your big, you know, jacket. So it's, it's a cool enough day that you could be wearing, you know, long sleeves. Okay. And with some very sharp, not just pruners, but loppers. So long-handled pruners, which are known as loppers. You go in there with, your, with those, that tool and your gauntlets, and you're going to remove right at ground level the oldest branches, the oldest stems. The oldest stems are going to be the biggest ones around, the thickest ones. They're also going to tend to be gray bark because they're that old versus the younger stems, which are going to be shinier, often lighter colored and obviously narrow. So by taking out the older stems now, pretend there's 10 or 15 stems in this entire... Right. So you're going to thin out at least a third, if not a half of all the stems right at ground level. Charlie, what if I want to get rid of the whole thing? Oh, okay. You want to get rid of the whole thing? Use those same loppers. Cut the whole thing down as close to the ground as you possibly can. Okay. Obviously, cutting all that up and eliminating all that out into your, uh, out at the end of the road. And then it's just a matter of digging it up. Roses are not, uh, you know, it's just when it's so thorny and large, it's really hard to get at it. So you've just got to cut it down so you can get at it. Nice sharp shovel and dig the whole thing up and and eliminate. It seems to have gone... Um, all the way, like spread on, uh, you know, all the way under our deck. Holy cow! Yeah, it's just it's 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 insidious. It's terrible. It's, <laughs> it's Good word. I thought about a stick of dynamite. <laughs> My gosh! Well, yeah, if it, to me. if well, if it does, it may have some what they call prostate, prostrate um, <laughs> stems or canes that have gone along the ground mm-hmm. and then are shooting up under yes. under the deck. Yes. It just might be one of those things of following all those very. Like, it, it every now and then they will even shoot up stems from the root. So yes, it's going to take some digging. But you should be able to eliminate it. Uh, And that's as as much as I can say because we're at the end of the show. But thanks so much for calling. Good luck with that, Karen. Lots of gauntlets, sharp tools. Let us know how you you made out on that, okay? (laughs) 
without, you know, running to the hospital after oh. all those scratches. Man, oh, man. Hey, it's been a fun show today. It has. Thank you so much, Frank, for joining the Charlie and Frank show. And thanks, David, <laughs> for all your great help. Frank and Charlie show. And thanks to all our great callers. We'll see you all next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.